Welcome back, Hollywood Live fans. On today's Fit Club, we talk vapes, musical health, sleep deprivation, and more with health and beauty expert Annie Parker. Stay tuned. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Welcome, Fit Clubbers. We are back. I know we had a little hiatus, but I am your host, Shaka Smith, and I am joined by my lovely guest co-host, health and beauty expert, Annie Parker. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me back. Yes, thank you for joining again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know Annie for a long time now. We Mm -hmm. used to compete back in the day, Mm -hmm. um, NPC, National Physique Committee, well, no, IVB Pro for bikini, um, and I did a little men's physique, so... We've come up a long ways, but now we've gotten into the more of the health side yeah. than the just the iron. Exactly, <laughs> right? exactly. Health focused, and yeah, I think we met in like 2012. Yeah. so it's been a wow. minute. Wow, how how has that transition been for you? Because there was a moment where we were just kind of focused on lifting in the gym, in the gym, and then it's like, wait a minute, there's more of a holistic thing I got to be um, attuned to. Were you always attuned to that? Um, or that shift? It's been it's been so beautiful actually. <laughs> I'm so glad because um, I think that we get very tunnel vision, very focused when we're focused on competing and stuff like that. It's like the only thing that matters. But I was always a very you know when I got my master's in nutrition, it was in oh. holistic health, and then I took herbs and all these different things because I wanted to learn how to naturally heal the body. Mm-hmm. And then I got into bodybuilding and weightlifting, and that's just a whole separate beast where. It's really hard to have one with the other, so you kind of go, like, to extremes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, after a while, you're like, oh, this isn't very healthy, and you start to, like, find your way back to what you originally started the whole thing for. Yeah, it's so, it's it's hard because it's such a one-to-one thing. Like, you know I'm lifting in the gym. I'm actually seeing results literally the next day sometimes. Yeah. And you're feeling the results, and so you just figure input, output, input, output, but forget i got to be watching everything else, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're always eating clean. You're always working out. That's great. You know, I would I would actually meditate during my workouts, so yeah. that was nice. But um, it's really hard to have any kind of balance at all, and yeah. everything is balance, you know. Yeah, and you're eating clean for the look of your body, but not necessarily the health of your body. Right. Whether it was, like, you know, getting rid of water for whatever many hours. I was like, ah, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, have you tried dry fasting, though? What is that? Uh, where you have no water, no food for anywhere from like twenty four to three, twenty four hours to seventy two hours. Some people even do it longer than that. I, I would kill someone. Yeah, yeah. we got to talk about that. But yeah, yeah. dry fast a new thing. I've been hearing about you know, kind of uh, playing with it myself. So I, I've done um, liquid fast where I do you know broths or um, just juicing or something yeah. like that where I'm still getting nutrients. But I've never. I, I feel like my blood sugars would not well, be okay with well, that. They're saying one day of dry fasting can yield like the same benefits as of three days of water fasting. Really? And so I'm here. There's like a dry fasting community. <laughs> we got to talk about this in the law set too. Because yeah, I was like, this is a new thing. But our, our first uh, story deals with vape, which is also sort of the new thing that's uh, been tossed around. But uh, in a very contradictory story, this is actually about how vapes seem to be improving heart health over cigarettes. So you're, it seems like your cardiovascular health does improve if you're replacing your cigarettes with your vapes. This, however, was a study done in the UK, um, so that they're saying that there may be some other factors where nicotine levels are different in the different mm-hmm. cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But published in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology, looked at 114 people with improved blood vessel health after one month of switching from, va- from cigarettes to vapes. So it looks like there may be some, you know, some 
benefits to making the switch. You're not saying to take up vapes or to, to start yeah. it. And it looks, according to the study, it looks like one of the factors is not the nicotine, but the other chemicals that are in cigarettes that you also get. Totally. Well. And I think that's what I was kind of curious when I was reading the article was like, you know, they don't really say like a brand or a type of mm. e-cigarette or vape. Yeah. Um, so I'm really curious because I think there are so many different types. Some are hurting people. Some aren't. Yeah. You know, it's. I think it's so dependent on how they're made, what they're made with, what kind of extra like things they're putting in it. Do I see where it could possibly be a little healthier than an actual cigarette? Sure. Like if you think about a cigarette, you're like burning paper and yeah, inhaling. Yeah, there's other chemicals. They right. put, they put yeah. the chemicals in that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I, I know people that even, you know, whatever they smoke, they look for like the most natural paper ever and, yeah. and stuff like that, you know, just to make sure or like um rolled there was like a rolled leaf or something yeah. that they were trying to smoke. <laughs> yeah, a rolled tobacco leaf. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, just to not have all that extra. So I can see where it would be better if it was something that was very clean Yeah. Um, as far as an e-cigarette. But it would have to be like, I don't I don't think, because they sell them so cheaply here. Yeah, you're so, not sure what's in what. Yeah. They're yeah. saying to be cautious, but it looks like they found the culprit. They're saying that vitamin E, for when people are getting the vaping lung disease, uh-huh. it looks like it's vitamin E was uh, acetate, was the, is the culprit. And that's what they're, because that was kind of bandied about before, but now they're saying they have like definitive proof to some degree that that's the one thing that's in all of the things they looked at. Wow. Um, the marijuana vapes and the non-marijuana vapes that caused it. So maybe that's something to look at. But at the same time, there's so many things that are new about vaping that we, you know, that might be one issue, but there could be other issues down the line too. That's exactly the thing. And I always thought, you know, the vapes that were making people sick were the ones that people were making at home in their basements. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's like ones they yeah, were buying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's when I was reading it. I was kind of thinking because you know the doctor said a lot of times, you know, a couple of different times in that study, we don't know long-term yeah. results. And I, it made me think of Splenda. Remember yeah. when Splenda, not Stevia, not Stevia, <laughs> Stevia people, um, when Splenda, the yellow packet, first yeah. came out, everyone was like, oh, this is great for diabetes, great for this, great yeah. for that. Well, now, you know, because it wasn't around long enough to show long-term effects, yeah. now they're like, oh, but, you know, it could increase chance of stroke by 50%, yeah, yeah. by the way, <laughs> you know, now that it's been out for a minute. So, like, yeah, they, Everything has to be out for a minute for them to see that kind of thing. Yeah, so it's, it's like you you got to do your own homework, and I mean, you can whatever choice you make, you should just have the best information available to you. Totally. And the thing with some of these studies, sometimes uh, you know, as someone that was a medical rep, is yeah. you know, depending on who's funding the study, they can be made to look any yeah. kind of way you want them to. And I like I, I personally like observational studies that look at large like that look at many other studies mm-hmm. and then draw conclusions from looking at a, a whole swath of studies because mm-hmm. those tend to be a little bit more representative of conclusions that you might be able to apply to yourself yeah so okay. um, little tips to look out for when you're looking for studies know who's funding <laughs> it and, and overviews are good um, the next study is actually about social media and the effect on men um, the effect on teens' mental health. Yeah. And, you know, of course we know that it's caused a disruption there, but what they're finding is it's causing a disruption because it's also disrupting positive activities. Mm -hmm. So it's disrupting sleep. It's disrupting um, exercising. So part of it's not just the fact that they're on social media and getting getting more exposed to bullying, but that the positive mechanisms to cope with that are also being disrupted as well. Totally. And so this was actually in the uh, the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health. looked at 10,000 kids, 13 to 16 in England again, and they they surveyed these kids in different metrics of, you know, how they were feeling and 
their activity in different things, whether it was sleep or working out. And it really affected girls more so than boys, sure. um, especially when it came into eating to the positive habits, especially mm-hmm. sleep. What did you make of this? You know, someone in social media, as a female in social media, yeah. how have you been able to kind of balance that not getting those positive habits interrupted by social media. Yes, and and what's funny is when I first read this article and they were talking about kids and teens, I was like, this is for adults. Yeah, not just this. You just grow out of it adult, at night. Adults need this too. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing we can say as adults is, you know, we have some sort of awareness sometimes where we can go, oh, well, I've been on my phone for a really long time. I need to shut it down and, yeah. and be productive, you know, or I need to stop this and go to the gym or whatever. Um and kids don't have that. That's why they're yeah. parents. That's why, you know, it's like, you know, when we were kids, it's like you get an hour or so of TV time yeah. and then you go do your homework or then you go play outside. It has to be the same way for kids now. Yeah. Um, you have to monitor their social media time the same way you would monitor their TV time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're just like lost in an abyss of Yeah, I think it's stuff. so hard because it's like before it was playtime was outside. I knew that you were something different. But yeah. Now you can be on social media and looking at your book or doing things I think are productive, but I would have no idea that you're also in this complete other world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Uh, then even as an adult, you know, sometimes, and I'm the first to say, I will go down the rabbit hole of shade room comments. (laughs) I will get lost in there. And, like, people are mean sometimes, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or any any kind of, like, you know, that's, like, one of my favorite places to get, like, pop culture stuff, you know, but... Um, you know, kids and adults, they're, you know, I even, I have a nine-year-old niece and, and she was Cinderella for Halloween, you know what I mean? The kids in her class, some of the other girls were like, well, that, that costume isn't, isn't cool. In comments? Yeah. Um, that costume isn't cool. Uh, you know, like that's, that's childish. You know, she's not, that is childish. She's She's nine. But I'm like, I, I sent her a photo of the Met Gala and I said, show them this. (laughs) It is cool. So, yeah, and it's like kids can be mean. What I found interesting was the metric for um, overuse of social media was they looked at kids using Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, uh, with Twitter and Snapchat, but three times or more was frequent. So are you a frequent user? Oh, so three totally. times or more during the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're social media people. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, partly our image and our business is run through social media. Yeah. So you know, and I think for me as an adult, I have to even even the last year I've done this where I've been like, you know, I am just mindlessly scrolling way too much. Even yeah. when I'm trying not to, yeah. I still am. Yeah, and and I need not to because I don't even love social media. It's mm-hmm. just work to me you know and we were talking about them taking the likes away and I'm actually really really glad they did that I don't think you know as influencers or creators or whatever they want to call us now I don't think that it'll hurt us at all all? yeah yeah Yeah, because you know you can still send I can still see all my insights and stuff like that and send them to companies and if that's what they want to see you can still see all the comments and companies to me were they liked the way my Instagram looked they liked the pictures Mm -hmm. there was a focus on the pictures yeah and so I think hopefully that will will be more there'll be more of a focus on the content you're creating so that when you have these business relationships or whatever sort of relationship is based on the content you're putting out there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I one thing I really thought of when they took away the likes is I was every time I was posting I was like oh you know um, because a lot of times things that I liked weren't what my audience liked you know what I mean (laughs) which is going to happen but um, I was like oh maybe now I can get back to posting a little more about what I like and not, not just 
constantly posting for them. Exactly, you know? yeah. Because so. sometimes you want to share things, and there is an uh, part of your audience that does want to see those things. Right. And so maybe getting them more engaged, and that's kind of great to kind of feel that dialogue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I, I mean... For anyone that, that's worried about their ego, it still says, and thousands. When yeah. You're doing it. <laughs> like, yeah, but people were so angry. People were so I like, don't. oh my God, they're going to take away the Why? Why does it matter? It I thought the content matter. is what mattered. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely. But I, I do think, you know, for kids, I, I do think it's important because that's certainly not. Like, I, I cannot imagine if my childhood... You know, yeah. my my last ten years might have been focused on this, but I couldn't imagine my childhood being focused yeah. on this. Yeah, so. and and maybe the solution is to look into the positive things and not really worry so much about let me limit your social media. But tonight you're going to make sure you get eight hours of sleep, and to, yeah. in order to do that, here's what time you have to be in bed. Here here are the good habits that we're going to create so that you are in bed and feel comfortable going to bed at this particular time and waking up. Mm -hmm. And then let's create good habits around physical exercise, especially for kids. What's your favorite thing to do? Maybe get them in more organized sports or things that take them away from social media without taking away social media. Yeah. And so I think that's, I guess that's the lesson. I think for all of us too, though. Mm -hmm. And that's why I go to yoga because like yoga class, I got to put my phone away, you know? Yeah. And so part of it's the yoga, but part of it's like she's going to make me not look at the phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because even when I'm working out, I'm still on the phone, but yoga, yeah. it's a way and a you feel so much different when you get that one hour of detox while you're awake, not just mm -hmm. asleep. Mm -hmm. And to me, it makes the world a difference. So really, I I try so hard to get into yoga. <laughs> I seriously, I, I meditate. I love like I'm an energy person. So yeah. I'm I don't know if you ever notice this or, or see this, but I'm I'm very empathic. So a lot of times when people go to yoga, they're going to de-stress, which yeah. means they're carrying a lot of stress in a very hot room yeah, you know yeah, so yeah. sometimes I can like feel other people and I'm like uh, I need to get out of here so yeah. I've always enjoyed yoga like um, when I lived in San Diego I went outside on the beach and I yeah. think they even in Santa Monica they do one on the pier and stuff so I try so to so you need that outdoor yoga they got one at running camp I also don't yeah. like to be hot like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's a little intense so. it is really intense <laughs> but you know good, good body results <laughs> obviously uh, um, our next story is about 78 minutes of music health is what you need to to better your health. 78 minutes of music a day is what you need to better your health. And so this study, you know, full disclosure, was performed by Deezer, um, which is a streaming service. Mm -hmm. But I think we can all agree that there's something to music and health, right? Hands down. <laughs> so um, they looked at <laughs> 7,500 people, and they looked at their physical and mental um, well-being. 90% um, reported that listening to music made them more relaxed, mm -hmm. um, and, and that was the reason they listened to it. That was the benefit they got from it. 82% um, listened to it because they were happy or wanted to get happy. 47% mm -hmm. to overcome sadness. 32% mm -hmm. for concentration. And 28% for anger, which is, you know, important to work out sometimes. You there know, you go. <laughs> That's a good place. Uh, how have you used music, and what did you think of the study? I mean, it kind of makes sense, but it's nice to have a study too, right? I, I think music has honestly gotten me this far in life. <laughs> it really has. Um, you know, music has made me live through L.A. traffic. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think... I, I seriously... I... You know, people people get anxiety in traffic. There's yeah. a lot going on. Um, you know, it's very nerve-wracking sometimes, especially when you're sitting there for hours. Yeah, I'm And, yeah. So it can be like an hour and a half for me to get up here sometimes from Marina. And, like, listening to Luther Vandross or something of that nature, I'm a very R&B person because that Chills keeps you out, me keeps you in zen, a good place. Keeps you calm. That keeps me in a good place. So, yeah, I See, think that's... What I loved important. about this is it's, like, the first time that 
this study was looking at music as something to be prescribed. Mm -hmm. And they actually have, you know, the 78 minutes, they actually break it down. They say you really want to be, on average, listening to 14 minutes of uplifting music a day, okay. 16 minutes of relaxing music, mm -hmm. 16 minutes of music to help you overcome sadness. So, I mean, you're choosing the music, but yeah. Um, 15 minutes of music to help you concentrate. Yeah. And 17 minutes of music to help you manage anger. You know, that might be your hardcore rock. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I need to know what kind of music this is that helps you concentrate and manage anger. Well, you, don't have, too, like I... you don't have music that when you're angry and you put it on, it it helps you release that anger. Not just calm down, but helps you release the anger. Maybe it's sort of like a... For me, it's more a song that would be more like, ah, you know. I'm trying to think. No? Okay, no. I got nothing. Oh, you're always then because you're on the R&B. You're always on the R&B. Exactly. It gives me a good place. I don't get angry. You're good. Just like, I'm not going to listen to that last 17 minutes. I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was really interesting. So uh, I think people should be looking at music um, as a prescription, especially when it comes to mental health and especially when it comes to whether it's motivating factors like listening to certain music to get to bed or listening to music to get to the gym. Yeah. I, I think looking in this way kind of helps us maybe prescribe music for ourselves. Absolutely. I, I think, honestly, it's so important. Like I yeah. said, I don't think... When I think to, like, all the great times in my life, like, yeah. I can put a song to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, there are so many things that, you know, music has just kind of been... And you have a fitness playlist. Totally. What's your, what's your, what's your go-to on your fitness playlist? Or what's currently in the heavy rotation right now? Oh, my gosh. I actually, um, I have a lot of Chris Brown on there. <laughs> I, I like, like, all of his stuff. And, um... T-Pain's new song, Jerry Springer. Oh. <laughs> Have you heard I that? I haven't heard it, he, no. like, the, um, Him and Tory Lanez, I think, redid I'm Sprung. Oh, okay. It well, was I, was like, I was like, he's yeah. known for this song. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I love T-Pain. I love T-Pain, too. <laughs> <laughs> if we can pull some T-Pain up, I Jerry know. Springer, let's do it. Um, but we got our last story is about Americans and sleep deprivation, which has been a huge thing for me. So I'm always looking at these sleep studies and sleep stories. But a third of Americans are sleep deprived, so if you are, you're in good company. Um, this is a study out of Ball State University, and it was in the Journal of Community Health, and they looked at 150,000 adults um, between 2010 and 2018, and it looks like our sleep de deprivation is on the rise, and it's ca characterized by seven hours or less. Well, what was interesting uh, that we were talking about, different um, different areas of, you know, I guess, work, mm -hmm. um, Suffer different sectors of the community suffer, suffer from higher levels of sleep deprivation. Deprivation, the military is at fifty percent, um, healthcare workers at forty five percent, transportation forty one percent, and production at forty one percent. But mm -hmm. if you are a native born American female mm -hmm. with children and you work for the government and you live in the South, you are getting the least sleep. Yeah. So uh, I, this one's for you. This yes. one's for you. Yes. Um, what did you think about the sleep study? Have you had trouble with sleep? Did it surprise you that Americans are getting more and more sleep, depri sleep deprived? No, and that almost goes back to, I feel like this study probably ties hand in hand with the social media teen study. Yeah. Um, because it's adults, too, that are sitting on their, you know, in their bed, on their phones. You know, like, even when they're partnered, you're sitting in the bed next to your partner <laughs> on your phone, you know what I mean? Of all ages, not yeah. just kids. So, um, I think that, you know, and... Of course, like I said, we love social media. We're on it all the time. But, you know, it's just kind of I have my phone shut down at 1130. Yeah. So it's like bedtime at 1130. Like it shuts down? Like you like set it, it to goes, shut down? It or goes you're just into, oh, yeah, nice. it goes into sleep. It like tells me it's bedtime. 
Like, that's on the iPhone. Oh, maybe we should do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can, like, set what time you want it to, and then it, it actually goes into sleep oh, mode. Yeah. Nice. So you can still be on it, of course, but it's it lets you know that it's time for bed. Yeah, because sleep has been one of those things. I'm so good, and I have, like, a little bit of a type A personality. I'm so good at making progress and everything else I want to make progress in, but sleep has been the one thing I haven't. And so we got this new strap, which um, from Will Ahmed, Whoop, mm-hmm. uh, they able to get you one as well. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it quantified how bad I am at sleep. You know, yeah. I thought I was getting X amount of hours, but on average I'm like in bed for about six hours, getting four hours of sleep. And so it's made me really focus in and hone in on it. <laughs> and so I don't know what I'm doing wrong, so I'm getting the lavender and, you know, trying to make sure the lights are out and making sure the blue light and the red light, that whole deal. What have you done? What have you discovered about your own sleep patterns? Um, that I am very in tune with myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm a very good sleeper. I've always been a big sleeper. And I, I think we have kind of, people have um, really made popular the whole, uh, you know, I use the word hustle all the time. You know, yeah. I'm from New York. I'm all about, like, multiple streams of income, multiple uh-huh. things going on. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I love hustle. Yeah. But... Um, I think when it comes to like entrepreneurs and business owners and people that have yeah multiple things going on, they kind of glamorize not resting. Yeah, like I'm up all night working. I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm, I'm up at four a.m. Yeah. Rise it's and like, grind. Right. Yeah. That's all great. Yeah. But I'm going to sleep first. Yeah, but really, did you sleep? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm going to be more productive yeah. if I get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. And that is actually, like we were talking about before we started, that's why in Europe they they give you a two-hour lunch break mm-hmm. so you can go take a nap if you need one after you eat. You know, they give you two months off a year. Yeah. And they call your your vacations holidays. Like, they want you to go on holiday. They don't want you working holiday, working yeah. vacation. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, like, um, America is... It's almost like we work harder, we work more. Um, I don't know that we work harder, but we work more. Um, but are we as productive because, no. you know, we're not we're not able to rest the way other countries rest? Yeah, even with the presidential campaign, um, Trump's, his, you know, they, they might have, there might have been a kerfuffle about whether he had a medical emergency. But the response to that was, he's up way late at night and he's up early in the morning. No on, sleep. On no, no sleep. And even when there was people like uh, Elizabeth Warren, you know, she wanted to portray some sort of, I guess, vigor. And she's running down, to, you know, she's doing some campaigning. But sometimes we do that to our detriment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's one of those things where we got to be very checked into, even because it comes from the top down. Yeah. So, so now everyone hears this and they go, okay, no sleep's the way to be because that shows the vigor and you know, totally. them, but it's like, and I, I believe it and buy into it, and you know, I have to still reprogram myself to say, wait a minute, I need to get to rest here. Yeah, I, I've definitely gone through periods, even this year, yeah. where you know, some of my friends they they make a big deal about the fact that they're up at four a.m. going to the gym at yeah. four a.m. and all this stuff, and I'm like, well, I don't even set an alarm unless I I have to be on set or have to be somewhere yeah. at a certain time. I naturally wake up at. 7 to 7.30 a.m., like, almost the same time every day. And for a minute, I was like, should I feel bad that I'm, like, sleeping in so long? Or, like, you know, I'm not getting up at 4. But um, they go to bed earlier than me. You know, they go to bed at, like, 8.30. We're we're all getting the same hours in a day. They're just, you know, I, like, had to put it in perspective. Yeah. So... I like to work late. <laughs> and so um, I know with you, some of those stories, I want to turn a little bit more to what you're working on right now. Um, so you're IFBB Pro, you're competing, you decided going to go in a different direction. Yeah. Um, how is that direction going for you? Has it been more fulfilling? It has been enormously more fulfilling. Um, I think that, you know, I... 
while I was competing as a bikini pro, I started bikini modeling because I was just like yeah. one of the things. And, and that was, you know, and it's kind of like I was always told because I'm only 5'1". Yeah. Like, I'm too short to be a model. Even though when you're little, you know, you really want to be one. Yeah. So um, I was kinda, that was kind of like my ha-ha, I'm still going to do it anyway yeah. type moment, you know. So um, then from there, I started hosting health and beauty shows and infomercials and stuff like that. So that became really fun. I was hosting with um, Jay Wall from the Jersey Shore and Todd Crisley and all these, like, super fun people. And I'm not a reality TV person, but... They are like really fun. Yeah. You know, they're not. They're not necessarily exactly reality TV is not reality. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was it was really fun, and I get to you know use my my knowledge about nutrition and stuff like that. I do a um, twice a week talk to about three hundred thousand women in a private community on Facebook about mm. weight loss. Yeah, right. and a lot of them have had a lot of amazing success and just like being healthier in general. Um, you know, cutting down on processed food. And um, a lot of the allergens, like soy, dairy, stuff like that. So we talk a lot about that. And um, I talk to them a lot about their mindset. So I do one of my shows every week. is called Mindset Monday. So every nice. Monday, we get our mindset right for the week. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. What's been your biggest challenge, uh, that you, a problem you need to tackle from someone in your community? Like a member that said, hey, I really, I'm having trouble with this or losing weight in this way or this way. Um, or, you know, from whatever that spectrum is, what was the biggest um, problem for you or toughest challenge? I would say the biggest challenge that I'm seeing repeatedly is binge eating. Mm. Um, and I, I tell it like this. So when we think about our grandparents going into the grocery store back in the 40s and 50s, they had like a little market where they could get just the necessities, yeah. you know? So now we walk into the grocery store and yeah. we got... Everything. <laughs> everything. And it's so obnoxious. But none of that is a necessity. We didn't yeah. have any of that. You know, our grandparents didn't process, have yeah. any of that. You know, they had to make their own. They had to put love and, and sweat and effort into making their own. You know, the breads now, I'm like, the breads stay on the shelves for two months before <laughs> they go bad. That's not normal, yeah. you know. So it, no wonder people are having, like, gluten problems because... It, they're putting so much else into it and they're processing it in such a way that our body isn't even seeing it as wheat as anymore. Yeah, as what it's it going, what is this? Because um, I actually do have gluten intolerance, but I can go to Europe right now and I went to Spain last year and ate bread every day because wow. they still throw theirs out yeah. within a day or two. They wow. don't put the stuff in there um, in, a lot of, in a lot of places that we put in here. Wow. So, yeah, it's really interesting if you look at um, the food in different parts of the world and the food here. It's very different. Yeah, because, you know, I, I'm a vegan, but I always, and I went vegan for health reasons, but I always mm-hmm. said, like, part of the thing is you're not even getting the, the meat, the, 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 the benefits of the meat as it would have benefited you if it were natural from the land and what have you, what have totally. you. Yeah, yeah, so you're just getting pumped up and it's getting industrialized and you're getting something completely different. And I don't want to go through the, you know, the rigmarole of figuring out what is what is what. Be vegan, I'm high. You know? yeah. That was the easiest for me. Yeah. What is your blood type? Do you know? O positive. You are an O, yeah, so do you have to take iron supplements? You no, know, they tell me, well, I have a vegan iron supplement that I take, but even before I took it, um, you know, I, I, only because someone said, oh, the blood diet and this and that. But I, I felt great. And again, like, my sleep is horrible. Yeah. And, but I started feeling really good when I went vegan. 
And I think that's part of it, is that even though I have horrible sleep, that actually help, helps me cope better with that bad sleep. So excited yeah. to try to get the sleep on track now and see how much better I could feel. Yeah. But yeah, so that so that for me was like, yeah. you know, And you can get these sort of same supplements, nutritions, the B12 and mm-hmm, the iron, mm-hmm. um, if you're just conscious about it, like any diet. Yeah. And I think people you know think about veganism as another thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's also just another diet. And you still got to worry about your macros and the, and what you're putting into your diet, whether it's processed or natural. Or, yeah. Yeah, so. So, so, like, you don't even have any honey? No, no, honey is, honey is my one exception. That's it my is. one exception. Uh, yeah. I, like, the first thing I yeah. was like, I can't do it. I, that, I like honey. Yeah, that, that was my one exception from the very beginning. That was always my one oh, exception. okay. And that was just, as I was discovering what was vegan and what wasn't vegan. And mm-hmm. I was looking at the benefits of honey, and I thought, because I, I went for health reasons. Yeah. And so, for me, the health benefits trumped, you know, mm-hmm. the vegan thing. And then I became more of a compassionate vegan because yeah. you just get more into it. Totally. And so I'm still w- still learning about the bees and yeah. what processes which and where I had to yeah. get the honey from. So, yeah. I know. It's a learning process. So. I, I do use, and I'm, I'm from, like, the border of New York and Canada, like, right outside of Montreal. So, yeah. like, if you see any of the trees where I'm from, they're all tapped for maple syrup and oh, they're selling uh, maple syrup on the side uh, street. So I try to use maple syrup more than, um, yeah. more than honey, but I still do like honey sometimes. But... Um, I think because I'm I'm an animal lover like 100%. I you know will volunteer at at rescues and stuff like that. So I I have a hard time watching like some of the documentaries oh, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. You know, but I also where I grew up, even to this day, the cows are still outside grass roaming. Oh wow! You know, yeah, to this day, to That's this a... day, yeah. <laughs> because um, where I'm from, they have a lot of Amish, and so we oh, get okay. a lot of our food from the Amish and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Uh, I was very fortunate to grow up like that, where yeah. I like it's made me very choosy about you know living here and what I get yeah. even for meat and everything here. And we're lucky because LA does have like your options, and people mm-hmm. are cognizant of the fact that they have an audience that does care about it. Mm-hmm. So we get lucky, but. Um, but I do have something called Fit Club 5. We didn't do this last time you were here. Okay. We, we hadn't thought it up yet. <laughs> but um, I'm going to ask you five rapid-fire questions, and you give me your first answer that comes to your head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last person you texted. You. <laughs> Dream dinner guest. What? Dream dinner guest. Alive or dead? Michael Jackson. <laughs> uh, last meal. Last meal you ate. Uh, cauliflower crust pizza. Oh, uh-huh. nice. Um, favorite junk food? French fries. Ah. Mm-hmm. And if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? Either fried chicken or a really big steak. Don't hate me. So, I, well, I guess you can have both. <laughs> you, uh, you want both, oh, right? Okay. Your last meal. With French fries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't limit yourself. It's the last <laughs> one. It's over. It's a wrap. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I just want to thank you so much for joining us, uh, or joining me. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It's always an awesome time being yes. with you. Yeah, it's been so much fun. You got to come back. You got to come back. Yes, thank you. <laughs> well, guys, and where can they find you online? Oh, um, Ms. Annie Parker, Ms. Annie Parker, um, at on Instagram, and then Sassy Fit Chick on Twitter. Awesome, awesome mm-hmm. guys! Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong, and we will see you guys next week. Ooh, they got on the spot. On behalf of our
our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood Redefined.